You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show focused on exploring topics of interest to women in business with your host, Dr. Sean Andrews. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am Dr. Sean Andrews, and I'm thrilled to have Joy Wiggins and Camille Anderson on the line today. So, a savvy new book, From Sabotage to Support, A New Vision for Feminist Solidarity in the Workplace, is the name. It shows why patriarchal privilege and power are to blame for women not supporting other women. Hmm. This book focuses on how women can replace mutual sabotage with empowering alliances. Joy Wiggins is founder and executive director of Joy Wiggins LLC, a consulting company focusing on equity, inclusion, and social justice. She received her doctorate from The Ohio State University. Camille Anderson is founder and executive director of Bilingual Brown Babies, love that name, a company that fosters bilingualism in black families. She received her doctorate from Howard University. So Joy and Camille, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for joining today. Okay, so uh, so we just have a short amount of time, uh, unfortunately shorter than I would love to speak to both of you because I'm sure we, we have a lot in common with our research and your your book and your topic sounds just fascinating. So let's jump right in. So first of all, for the, for the benefit of the listeners, tell us about your professional path that brought you to where you are today. I think... Uh... Both Camille and I are both professors, and um, actually Camille's former professor, I'm still a professor, um, doing just being in academia, and um, I was an elementary school teacher, and then I have been teaching college classes in the English Language Learner Program and um, culture equity and advocacy classes at Western Washington, and then I also have my own consulting business on equity and inclusion. Fantastic, fantastic. And Camille, how about you? Well, my background is in intercultural communication. So I did media relations for inter- in internationally for in the private sector. I've taught K-12 Spanish, and I was a professor where I specialized in teaching cross-cultural, intercultural, and international communication. And then I was also a, a higher ed administrator for a brief stint of time prior to my leaving. There's no connection, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and just let us know, just let the listeners know, where are you calling in from today, or where, where are you located? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And I, this is Joy, I'm in, actually, I'm in Port Townsend, uh, Washington, up by the Olympic Peninsula, but I live in Bellingham. In Washington State, correct? Washington State, yes, as far <laughs> north as you can get for the state. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you're not located near each other at all, but you have you have similar backgrounds and you've managed to uh, collaborate on a book, which is fantastic. Okay, so so tell us about the work you do. Uh, sound, both of you are uh, equity and inclusion experts, so so I'd love to hear more about uh, you know, the specific type of work that you both do. <laughs> so I actually focus on working with language identity and culture and how families are able to um, look at their family language options in terms of making sure that they are able to use bilingualism and incorporate bilingualism in ways that they never thought about before. So I go with on one language speakers and help them to become bilingual and how they can maintain um, their cultural identity in the midst of all of that is where I am right now in terms of what I focus on. 
Okay. And, and Kimmy, just, just a question about that. When you talk, when you talk about bilingualism, what languages are you referring to? Well, for me, it's English and Spanish because those are the ones I feel the most comfortable working with other families with. Um, I, I do speak multiple languages, but I actually was a former Spanish teacher. So I'm bringing that background into what it is that I'm doing when I'm working with families. I see. Okay. Thank you. And Joy, how about you? Tell us a bit about your work. Well, so I have been doing a lot of work around um, microaggressions and implicit bias. And so most of the work I do, I work with school districts and corporations, and um, I do a lot of workshops on helping those corporations start to identify certain biases they might have in recruiting and retention, but also just in the workplace um, as far as just policies and procedures that they might have that are biased that they don't realize that are biased. And, um, and then we just talk about everyday microaggressions. And a lot of times that is with huge companies. It can be nonprofits or educational um, districts. It, it's a wide range of different clients that I have. Okay. And, and could you just give me a couple examples of when you say microaggressions, what are you referring to? <laughs> well, that's a lot about the book that, um, that Kami and I wrote is how women sometimes can sabotage each other along racial and gender identity, age, geographic region, language, immigration status, all these different ways that we are um, different in our identities and how there's sometimes there's a subconscious or unconscious bias that seeps in and we might say something to someone. So, um, for instance, I have a friend who is black that had um, a woman come up to her and start touching her and, but this woman, uh, older white woman, did not realize that it was a classic no-no. And so we both, you know, kind of talked to her about that. And that was part of our workshop, you know. Joy, did you say touching her hair? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> and she realized that that was a, something that was frowned upon. So tell me, what inspired you both to write from sabotage to support? For me, you know, it, um, this is Joy. I um, I noticed it when I was my first professor job, and I realized I was like, oh my gosh, this there's a lot of sabotage going on along with the women when we had this female dean that kind of set up a toxic workplace. And I would say, um, if anybody's familiar with the term queen bee, mm -hmm. we had a classic queen bee syndrome where she thought that we should act like the men and not support each other and have bitter competition. And it was not a supportive, collaborative environment. And it was a very um, confusing way to get promotion. We, nobody knew what the goalposts were to get promotions. And so it became that women thought, well, if I'm probably not going to get it, and there's a, this mindset of scarcity, so we should start sabotaging each other. And that might be undermining each other at meetings, gossiping behind our backs, and I thought, I'm going to look into this and see what exactly is going on with women and why are women doing that? And then as I started to do some more research and then I wrote a TED Talk and, and did a TED Talk on it, I got a lot of traction from it. And so I started talking to Barrett Kohler, our publisher, and then asked Camille, I was like, you know, if I'm going to write a book about women sabotaging each other, I think that I need to have another voice because, um, you know, Camille has such valuable information and so many great experiences to share. I think it just made it much more richer to be able to talk about her experiences as well. And plus we also interviewed several women and talked to lots of different people and got lots of different stories in the book. Okay, uh, Camille, anything you wanna add about what inspired you to, uh, to join in on this project and, and write the book? 
Well, one of the things that I really appreciated with Joy and the work that she that she was doing was this whole idea of being able to just hear each other's stories and how that was the underlying theme and a lot of what she was experiencing plus what she wanted to talk about and unpack. And the idea of sharing stories, it was it appealed to me and then realizing that, you know, there are a lot of stories that folks don't realize are happening because of these differences that we have and these things that we're bringing into the workplace that we try to hide in our cubicles or try to hide under our desk or try to hide behind those picture frames that we have and how knowing those little, those little excerpts of those stories would be really helpful in terms of how we can support one another better. And that was one of the things that I really appreciated about what Joy was bringing with this idea. And I jumped, I jumped on it immediately. Let me ask you the, uh, the million dollar question. So why don't women support other women at work? And I, I know uh, your background is also academia, but you also work with corporate. So feel free to, to, to uh, you know, add any perspective uh, you want there. But uh, in the workplace, why, in your opinion, why don't women support other women? Well, one of the things that we see is this idea of how patriarchy and toxic masculinity kind of feed into how we're able to work as women. I don't think it is something that we're, there's nothing in, there's nothing in our genetic makeup that says that we're supposed to sabotage one another, but I think the, the way the patriarchal systems are set up in the workplace, it gives us the impression that we have to hold on to for dear life with whatever position we might have, whatever authority we might have, and... In doing so, what ends up happening is we start to sacrifice one another in efforts to keep our position because we think that it's in a very tenuous situation. So for me, I don't think that it's it's an intended thing that we do when it comes to not supporting one another. I think it's more of a defense mechanism that we have in reaction to the way some of the systems are set up in the workplace. I think it's changing. I think there are more women who are looking for ways to do different what they've been doing all of this time. And we've even, Joy and I have even had um, in the workshops that we've done, we've had women that, oh, my God, where were you 30 years ago? I could have used this because I would have been so much better as a person if I had you 30 years ago. And being able to see that there's a desire for us to be different and to be some more supportive of one another. It's just being able to break through some of those those limitations and those walls and those those ceilings that are all around us that are leading us to believe that we're in it on our own as opposed to with each other. Mm-hmm. So a feeling of, of isolation uh, and competition um, is, is what I'm hearing from you. So, so does hierarchy have anything to do with this as far as, you know, working, uh, cause most, most businesses today are still male cultures. And so, which are, you know, have very clear hierarchy and pecking order. Uh, did you find in your research that the hierarchy, uh, and trying to maintain their place in the hierarchy is part of the reason women don't support other women? It's included, but it's not, it's, I, I wouldn't say that it's, stands out more than anything else. I think when it comes to us being able to make sure that we're maintaining our positions, it's really more so that role, that job, that thing that we were hired for that we're trying to keep and not necessarily only when we get into that pecking order do we start to sabotage. It really is the way that the, the way that systems are set up. We feel as though we're just in competition, period, even though we're really not. And I think there are places where regardless as to whether or not you are entry level or management, you will see some of those 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 signs of not of lack of support 
in how we engage that I don't think is relegated to just the hierarchy. It can happen across it can happen across the board or up and down the ladder, whichever one you see. So, in your opinions, is support of women supporting other women? Is it increasing or decreasing? Are there any trends that you're seeing? Well, as I was just saying, I do see that it is increasing that we're being more supportive of one another. I think there are things that are coming into play that are allowing us to be able to have more space to be supportive. And the especially a lot of the efforts with diversity, equity, inclusion, and the conversations that are happening around that are causing us to be a little bit more reflective in the workplace. And those reflections are allowing us to be able to find more innovative opportunities to be able to make sure that we're being more supportive of one another and making sure that we are, um, that we are making sure that we all are able to be successful in the workplace and not just limited to a select few. I think it's increasing in that respect. Okay, great. Uh, Joy, anything you want to add to that? No, I could tell you, that, you know, how women can be more supportive to each other. Okay, yeah. that's, that's actually my next question. So <laughs> great. So, so yes, how, how can we do that? <laughs> One of the things that we have to think about is how do we model the behavior we want to see in other women? And so we kind of have to do our own internal work first. And so a lot of times for women, we have this idea of the imposter syndrome. Um, and it might feel like we don't belong or we don't, we're not um, really supposed to be in this position of power or maybe we're just faking it. And so really working on our own internal dialogue first so that we can be a better model and really show up for other women. You have to do that internal work first. Mm -hmm. And then really looking at, okay, so how do I also support women outside of work, knowing the history behind women's experiences Camille and I have very different experiences. I have um, a friend that is a native Hawaiian, and she right now, they're going through a lot of things around tribal sovereignty in the Mauna Kea uh, Mountain in Hawaii. And, you know, even for some of our women, um, friends, and sisters that are experiencing the ice raids. So all of those things, knowing our history, understanding our position and power, and really understanding how can we ask them what do they need for solidarity and support instead of just assuming that we know. So those are all things that we can do. What advice uh, would both of you offer women who are in business today? To make sure that we're actually taking the moments at the water cooler in between meetings as we pass each other in the hall to really get to know each other as people and as women. So being able to make sure that we see beyond the role and the responsibility that we bring to the table from 9 to 5 or 8 to 4 or whatever our hours might be, and really look at the, the fullness of the person, being able to find those moments where you can learn a little bit more, if so you can have a little bit more understanding. Um, one of the ways that um, I did in academia, I was a part of an affinity group where just a group of women who had the same sort of experiences would come together, not to vent, not to gripe, but to talk about the ways and what was going on and how they can get support to celebrate when those celebrations needed to happen and allowing space within your organization or workplace to be able to allow those, those moments to be able to happen. And Joy, what advice would you offer women who are in business today, who, who actually are listening to the show? Um, I would definitely say take risks and know your own inner voice and the ways that you can take away that those internal barriers that set you up for thinking that you can't go for that grant or for that client or for whatever risk that you're trying to take is, is understanding that there is abundance for all of us and, and to get out of that mindset of scarcity and to really think that, no, you are allowed to be here and you are, 
your voice matters and your voice matters to other women as well. Well, great advice. Thank you. So how does someone get in touch with each of you and learn more about your work? So I'm, um, mine is joywiggins.com. So it's just J-O-Y-W-I-G-G-I-N-S.com. Well, my, um, my website is Camille J. Anderson, Ph.D., K-A-M-I-J-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-P-H-D.com. And on social media, I'm all things bilingual brown babies. Facebook, Twitter, IG, bilingual brown babies is how you will find me on social media. And if you want to reach me, my website is drshawnandrews.com. That's D-R-S-H-A-W-N, andrews.com. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter at Dr. Sean Andrews. So through these interviews and other work, my mission is to educate, inspire, and empower women in business. So thank you very much to our guests, Joy Wiggins and Camille Anderson today. Uh, Again, the book is From Sabotage to Support a new vision for feminist solidarity in the workplace. With that, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show focused on exploring topics of interest to women in business. With your host, Dr. Sean Andrews. 